Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome into your Monday edition of the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. I am, of course, your host, Danielle Alvari. Very excited to be back on a Monday after a very exciting weekend of college basketball. Well, exciting for some, but maybe not if you lost money on this because the top six teams in the AP Top 25 poll all lost Saturday, marking the first time in history that that's ever happened on the same day. It started with Purdue, they lost to Michigan State, and it ended with Gonzaga. Yes, Gonzaga losing at St. Mary's. This game is huge, and I know because I grew up going to this game. In case you're new here, in case you haven't heard, or you've probably heard this ad nauseum at this point, grew up in a Gonzaga basketball family very much. My dad was a grad assistant coach there. Uh, at the time, actually, John Stockton was there, so we were also kind of jazz fans for a hot sec there. Uh, but... Gonzaga household, very much so. And so, you know, it's a little awkward now when UCLA plays Gonzaga because you know I'm going to cheer for the Bruins. But that said, we went to these St. Mary's games. They're always sold out. They're always packed. And these are smaller gyms. It's WCC schools. And actually, I believe my dad has one of the funny stories about betting for him. He doesn't bet a lot. He doesn't like sports betting, but he loves basketball uh, and obviously loves Gonzaga. He went to a Gonzaga-St. Mary's game. I think it was my brother who talked him into it. And, you know, I think it was a pretty decent-sized spread uh, and so, you know, my brother's like, well, yeah, this, you know, this game, it's a basically a rivalry game for these two schools. So it's going to be a close game. And, you know, the bookmakers don't know, uh, which I would argue sometimes they do get definitely this conference off a little bit for sure. But anyways, my dad's like, all right, yeah, I'll take, you know, I'll take St. Mary's and they'll cover. No, Gonzaga blows them out. Um, I hope I got that story right. I'll have to check with my dad on that. But regardless, it's basically like, of course, right? Because this game usually is close it's usually a really big deal and the, the gales get up for this game uh just like they did and so there they go there they go Gonzaga gets a loss and uh they uh they talked to the players after and said what's practice going to be like next week and I believe one of them said it's wartime it's all out wartime which I thought was mm, a little too on the nose given the current social uh and economic and just world climate right now but we get the point, um, and we're really grateful that we are able to just bet on basketball. Just such a simple pleasure. Arizona lost to Colorado also. Otherwise, they would have moved up to number one. Uh, who saw that one coming? I don't know. This is what I talk about the Pac-12, too. The Pac-12 is shysty like this. I didn't have Colorado being Arizona on my card. The only other loss that Arizona has suffered in the Pac-12 this season, and really, I think this season at all, was to UCLA at Poly Pavilion. So... Go Colorado. Thank you for that. 
Uh, before we get into today's show, also, I know that one person reached out to me on Twitter. I'm not going to be like, I know some of you guys. No, one of you guys <laughs> asked me about doing some soccer coverage on here for soccer betting. I am under no, uh, no, uh, I don't think that I know anything about soccer is basically what I was trying to say there. Uh, and so I'm under no illusions. That's what I was going for. But that said, I'm of course going to oblige uh, anybody who's willing to interact with me on Twitter and ask for help because that's what the Los Angeles City Cast is here to do. So yes, there will be soccer guests coming on at some point and I will make sure to post about that on Twitter and whatnot so you guys can check out those shows. But yes, I'm not going to pretend to be good at anything related to soccer, including playing it. Uh, so we'll definitely get some, some soccer guests to come on and talk about the LA soccer teams, multiple. In today's show, though, no soccer. First, we're going to talk Lakers. Yes, we, we have to. Uh, they played Sunday versus the Pelicans. If you missed the game, count yourself lucky. Uh, they play again Tuesday versus the Mavs. And then the Clippers, who beat the Lakers last Friday, by the way, and they're on a hot little streak of beating the Lakers. They played the Rockets Sunday. They won. They played them again Tuesday. It was a very, very close game on Sunday. They've already played them just but two weeks ago, I believe, on February, what? 15th, 14th, something like that. So they've already played twice. This will be the third time, and they have a day in between to do it. So we'll take a look at that game. And then some college basketball. UCLA won and won in Oregon last week. They lost to Oregon. They beat Oregon State handily. Very Jekyll and Hyde games if you look at them. And then USC went 2-0, but barely. And not to discount USC there, but just because these were really tight games. They were. And we'll get into all that and explore uh, some of the other games. UCLA at Washington on Monday night and USC hosting Arizona on Tuesday. Yes, Arizona fresh off a loss. That is not a team I want to face. But first things first, we always check out the Los Angeles lines available at Bat River Sportsbook. Let's get into the NBA. Uh, Lakers right now, 20-1 to to win the West. Still... And 40 to 1 to win the championship. If you caught JVT, Jonathan Montobel, our senior NBA analyst at VSIN, the Vegas Stats and Information Network, also known as the Sports Betting Network, if you caught the show on Friday, he was on here. He talks about how you're not going to see these Lakers' odds get all that much longer, even if they're terrible, because there's tons of liability and money already on the Lakers. Basically, the bookmakers don't need you to bet more on the Lakers. So if those odds stay exactly where they're at, do not be shocked. As for the Clippers, 50 to 1 to win the West and 100 to 1 to win the championship. Like I said, both these teams in action on Tuesday night. Uh, as for NCAA men's basketball, UCLA at Washington, UCLA 10 and a half point favorite here. Total sitting at 139 and a half. I thought 10 and a half was very generous, uh, but we'll get into that. Uh, Arizona at USC going on on Tuesday. No lineup for that just yet. UCLA is 28 to 1 to win the tourney, and USC is 90 to 1 to win the tourney. That's what people think, at least the odds makers over at Pet Rivers. As for the NHL, the Kings are in action on Monday, trying to tip my toes back into hockey slowly but surely. Uh, and by the way, Andy McNeil was on on Friday as well, our VSIN hockey analyst, if you will. Um, he doesn't love being called that, I think, so, but he is, so just go with it. We talked about Ducks and Kings because there was double LA action going on on Friday. Lakers Clippers, but also Ducks Kings. Kings actually at the Ducks in Anaheim. And the Kings did win that one. That's kind of what we talked about in that podcast. They were the better team. The Ducks were getting a little bit lucky lately. I believe the Ducks just lost 4-0 on Sunday night. So might be catching up to them, means to an end, or at least regression to the mean, if you will. 
But that said, the Bruins are at the Kings on Monday night. The Kings money line plus 112. Bruins minus 130. And Kings puck line plus one and a half at minus 240. Bruins puck line minus one and a half at plus 195. Total for this game, five and a half. Uh, slightly juiced to the under. Uh, so again, that going on on Monday. And then Tuesday, the Bruins will be at the Ducks. So... Uh, I think you can already guess how I feel about that one. Uh, I wonder what the money line will be on that one. But, um, mm, no, I'm not going to give out a play for this because I haven't looked at it closely enough. But you can check these out, and you can also find all these odds at Bet River Sportsbook. Let's move on to NBA in LA. So let's start with the Lakers. If you're a Lakers fan, first of all, my condolences, my apologies, because this season did not turn out the way that any of us thought it would, right? I even went back on Sunday and looked at the VSIN NBA betting guide, which is an incredible resource, especially if you're newer to betting, frankly, even if you're a seasoned better. Um, JVT, Jonathan Von Tobel, puts that together, and a lot of people work on that. Steve Mackinnon, who's a big part of Point Spread Weekly, which is great. Uh, you can also find that at vcin.com. Um, also, Adam Burke, who we have on the show all the time, is on there. He writes for it. I went back and looked at this to see kind of what the predictions were for this LA team, and it was interesting because... They're obviously talking about uh, if Anthony Davis and LeBron can kind of find their spots and really make that work and Anthony Davis kind of be a true center and will that kind of allow Russell Westbrook to be in a position that he needs to be in and kind of be cohesive. But there was a big question mark pretty much on how Russell Westbrook was going to affect this Lakers team. And they nailed it, didn't they? Because it's been a dumpster fire. It has been. Um, it's really unfortunate, and obviously a big question that's always come up with Anthony Davis is durability, which I always think is really interesting uh, as it pertains to athletes because who's to say which athletes? It's just like we, we just say it colloquially like, oh, that guy's always hurt. That athlete's always injured, um, and there's some that that's true for, but I don't think that you can just know that about a player ahead of time because they've been injured before, uh, but that said, Anthony Davis does seem to have a really, really rough rough line of luck here because a midfoot sprain, I believe is the situation he's in right now. And most recent update that he's going to be out for another four to five weeks. Another, he, I think I believe originally sustained this on February 16th. So we're now creeping up on 11 days post. Um, and now thinking, yeah, four to five weeks, at least more that he'll be out, which is bad news for the Lakers, which is all the news they've been getting lately because they just lost to the Pelicans on Sunday they were one and a half point favorites. They did not cover, obviously. They lost 123 to 95. This was embarrassing. I mean, that's all the headlines you need to know about this game. People were saying, you know, they got embarrassed by the Pelicans. Are the Lakers even trying anymore? There's fans tweeting, are we tanking? And that's the correct reaction here because how does this happen, right? The under hits for this game, by the way, which I was on, so that was nice, um, almost didn't hit, by the way, because the uh, the Pelicans <laughs> were just running up the score at the end. Uh, they didn't need to do all that, but hey, do you. One bright spot, which is true for the Lakers overall, LeBron James. Uh, LeBron's 500th career 30-point game. So that's congrats to LeBron, and that's how he gets to celebrate is with a loss, and Frankly, we've talked to us before. He is the Atlas of this team. He's the Atlas of most of the teams he's on, sure, maybe. But he's having to do so much more, and he needs help. Uh, he led the Lakers with 32 points. Russell Westbrook added 16 somehow. Uh, the Lakers, though, 23 turnovers, including 16 in the first half. 
it it just can't happen like this. I mean, LeBron needs somebody besides Russell Westbrook, which is unfortunate because of everything that went into getting Russell Westbrook to this team. Uh, as for the Pelicans, it's the largest uh, margin of victory, 28-point win in franchise history by the Pelicans over the Lakers, I bet. The Lakers have never been embarrassed like this. It's It's... It's tough to watch, frankly. Uh, CJ McCollum also for the Pelicans now, which is weird. No longer on the Trailblazers. He's had six straight 20-point games, which is why I wanted to look for him for over on his points prop. But he didn't need it, right? This wasn't a close game, and luckily he stayed in until just about the end of the game. But he only finished with 22 points. I believe the prop I had was 25.5. Some got 24.5. Uh, I think I even there was 23.5 that I saw on Twitter. Maybe I'm making that up, but I think so, which is even tougher given that he had 22. But he's averaging 28 points in seven games with the Pelicans since he was acquired on February 8th. So good looking for CJ so far. Uh, might be something to keep kind of an eye on moving forward. But again, I am self-admittedly not excellent at props. Um, you guys have probably heard of the prop queen herself, Ariel Epstein, who does... Uh, Yahoo Sportsbook. Um, she gives out NBA props, geez, nightly, daily. I don't know when she sleeps, but she's excellent. So great person to check out if you're really trying to get to the prop market. I am still trying to learn from her very much. She can be my Yoda here. Um, but yeah, thought I would dabble in the props tonight. And no, got smacked right back on it. Uh, the Lakers have now lost two straight and five of their last six to fall to a season worst six games under 500 at 27 and 33. That gives them what? They're three up on the Pelicans, who are 25 and 36 in the loss column for the nine seed. That means they are two and a half games out of, and they're, all, I mean, two and a half games out of 11th place. This is a Lakers team that, again, I go back to what we had for like the NBA betting guide. These guys had the Lakers in the Western Conference, one seed, two seed, as they should have. I mean, they had every reason to believe that. We all did. I mean, the Nets were up there, too, and nobody saw James Harden leaving them midseason, and here we are. So isn't the NBA fun? Two and a half games out of 11th place. That They could literally miss the plan. 80s out for another four to five more weeks, like I said. And their next three games, just to give you a little picture, and we've talked about this before, too. The Lakers have the toughest remaining schedule, or one of the toughest, if not. Um, next three games, the Mavs. Again, that is Tuesday evening. Uh, the Clippers and the Warriors. Those are their next three opponents. And the Clippers, by the way, have been just beating them in and out every game, even without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. So what is the Lakers' excuse? I also think this is kind of a funny quote given, coming from Ty Lue, the Clippers' head coach, when asked how they prepped for the Lakers in that Friday game. He said, we didn't even prepare for them. We just worked on ourselves, which is great life advice for everybody listening, and also kind of damning of the situation that the Lakers are in right now. People aren't even afraid to play the Lakers. Uh, I saw, too, a tweet that said, take them off primetime, because this is embarrassing. But, you know, I also think the Lakers are one of those teams that everybody loves to hate on. Uh, they still have LeBron James, but does he care? And that's what we talked about with JVT on the show on Friday. If he doesn't care, I don't want to bet on this Lakers team, right? Um, the Mavs just came back and beat the Warriors on Sunday. Now the Lakers have them on Tuesday. If LeBron's not getting help, which he hasn't been, if Carmelo, by the way, did everyone forget that he's on this team as well? If he can't contribute more, if Westbrook can't find a way to be helpful, like 
just like setting a ball screen for LeBron, something simple, or just simply not getting in the way, or just like not shooting the ball so, so much. If LeBron has to carry this team alone, this is not a bettable team for me because I cannot handicap on any given night what games he's going to care about. And I understand why he wouldn't at this point. Uh, but it also, keep in mind, this is the team he wanted. He wanted Russell Westbrook there. He made this happen. They gave up a lot of stuff to make this happen. And it's kind of a you've made your bed, now you have to lie in it moment. Even though it's fun to tease people with you're going to return to Cleveland. Uh, also, just I don't know if this helps anybody, but Elizabeth Cambage was courtside. She's a new member of the LA Sparks. Maybe they can drop her a line. I don't know. Just a thought. Uh, not sure, by the way, how low this total will be for the Mavs and Lakers game. But the Mavs are sixth in opponents' points per 100 possessions on cleaning the glass. They're fifth in opponents' effective field goal percentage defensively. Um, Lakers are how they are. So maybe an under. Maybe there's an under be played here, uh, but we'll see. Because maybe the Mavs will want to just run the score up on them uh, like the Pelicans did as well. We'll see what we're in for. Let's talk about the Clippers, too, before we get too out of control on the Lakers. <laughs> the Clippers were at the Rockets. They are at the Rockets again on Tuesday. Uh, Clippers were six and a half, seven point favorites. Total sat at 229.5, 230. Final score, 99 to 98. So under hits easily. That was nice. Didn't have to worry about that one too much. And the Rockets covered. Uh, I actually had the Clippers minus six and a half because I looked at this line and I right off the bat was like, what? The Rockets are literally the worst team in the NBA. What's going on here? I get it. Maybe a letdown spot after the Clippers big win over the Lakers on Friday. Um, and they have played the Rockets once before. So maybe that kind of is a benefit. I don't know. I was kind of surprised to see the Rockets have this much fight in them, but their effective field goal percentage has been up in February. If we just look at the last like four weeks or so, they're up to 52.9% um, effective field goal percentage, which I believe was 18th in the league for the last month, which is again, not 30th. So that is improvement. Their defense has also been good at creating turnovers, 15.6% uh, turnover percentage for fourth in the league, just in February, just in the last month here. Uh, 14th in the league in offensive rebounding in the last month, so getting their own boards, giving themselves those second chance points. But unfortunately, the Clippers' defense is elite at defending against just that. So um, I think that kind of cancels itself out a little bit. The Clippers' effective field goal percentage, though, you probably have noticed, we've talked about it at length on the podcast, has been up as of late. In February, it's up to 55.6%. Um, so that's good for the Clippers. Uh, didn't shoot particularly well from three actually in this game. And I expect that to kind of rebound in the next game. Rockets again, seem like they're dead last in every category. And yet they almost won this game. Beating the same team three times is tough. We know that it shouldn't be in this scenario because it's the Rockets, but nonetheless, you know, they almost won this game uh, and they did cover. With that said, we're looking at the same teams playing each other back to back. Well, not back. I mean, back-to-back -back in the sense that they're playing at the Rockets again, same setup, but there is a day of recovery in between, so not a true back-to-back -back scenario. But they don't have to prep for a whole new team, right? They've already seen this team not once, but twice, because they did play, uh, what, 12 days ago? It's the third time these two teams have played in 12 days, yeah. So uh, lots and lots of opportunities to get looks at this team. And with that said, I'm going to look to probably the underdog Rockets here to possibly cover again. Now, I don't know how much this number will adjust given that they were so close to winning uh, this last game, but I do expect that they'll still be a considerable underdog. 
Um, but even better, I like the idea of an under here. I already played the under before. Uh, depending on where we land on the total, just one full day's rest. Again, third time they've played in 12 days. Clippers defense being what it is and being elite specifically at handling the one thing the Rockets offense is pretty decent at. I think we could see an under, but maybe it's just like a tooth and nail thing where the Rockets just really want this win. I don't know. Either way, I'd possibly look at the Rockets to cover, and I definitely think that the Clippers will win this. Um, they're the better team, but do they need to? Or are the Rockets more motivated just to get one? I don't know. So that said, maybe an under. But you can always follow me on Twitter to find out what I end up doing. Also, by the way, somebody asked me on Twitter uh, about a play I made, and they said, uh, you can't count that because you didn't give it out. Uh, like I couldn't count a bet that I made as a win. And I said, I absolutely can because I made that bet. It was a live bet. It was in overtime. There was a minute left. The odds were bouncing back and forth between, you know what? I don't know any explanation, but my point was just because I don't tweet out the bet doesn't mean I don't get to count it as a win. And when I tweet things out, it's nice when you guys tail. I love that. That's great. But really for me, this podcast is about arming you with information so you can create your own bets. I'm going to tell you what I lean towards. I'm going to tell you what I'm interested in and what I've been looking at in terms of the stats, but ideally you're making your own bets, right? You're not just blindly tailing people on Twitter. So thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Coming up, we'll talk men's college hoops, UCLA and USC. UCLA plays Monday night. God, they've been having so many games and they only have two left on the season. It's this one and SC, which is going on on Saturday. Uh, USC also playing on Tuesday with Arizona. We'll talk about it all next on the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Looking for a hot tip to bet on? Check out the new match tips at Bet River Sportsbook. The new tips feature gives you special insights on player props and match bets for the top tips of the day. Go to Bet Rivers before the game, find your match, and tap the tips icon to see independent research on recent team and player performance. Bet with confidence. Visit the Bet Rivers mobile app or go to betrivers.com and get the top tips of the day. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Playable only in states where Bet Rivers is licensed and in New Jersey at Play Sugar House. Welcome back to the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari. Let's talk about UCLA and USC's weekends before we get into the action they have ahead. UCLA is playing Monday night away at Washington and then USC in action Tuesday uh, with Arizona. First things first, UCLA at Oregon. Final score, 68-63. to 63. This was last Thursday. It was brutal to watch, but let's relive it. Uh, UCLA did a great job of creating turnovers, right? 12 steals. They had 19 turnovers for the Ducks total. Couldn't create offense from it. They put up 20 more shots in the Ducks. They shot 20 more times. But they only shot 36.8%. So that's not going to work. They were 4 of 24 from 3. It was... A horrible offensive performance, which is really surprising versus this Oregon team that their strength is not their defense here. It's it's really been their offense. And so yet you're losing to an Oregon team by five, no less. It is on the road. They've been playing a lot of games, but it was just really not a solid performance from this UCLA offense, which again, we've talked about before on this show has kind of a rotating cast of starters, right? Because Johnny Juzang has been in and out. Cody Riley was even out last week. Tiger Campbell was out last week, any given game. And actually, credit to Mick Cronin, because he's actually been pretty good at load managing these guys over this really long stretch of games. Because as much as people love to say, these kids want to play in the NBA, don't they? That's my impression of like an older person. Because that's the only people I hear saying that. Most of these Division I basketball players are just that. They're Division I basketball players. Yes, they're great players, but they're not all going to be in the NBA. Most of them will not. 
and also they're students they're student athletes people forget about that part um so yeah they're not meant to play this many games in this amount of time and it's unfortunate for their bodies too because their bodies aren't used to it they're not in nba shape because they're not nba players and also the whole point of this was obviously we had covid health and safety concerns for these teams where's the health and safety concerns for putting them through this amount of reps of games and i mean this for teams across the country not just ucla uh, but that said I say credit to Cronin for doing a pretty good job of managing these guys' minutes. More on that in a little bit. But overall, UCLA to Oregon, just horrible shooting performance from UCLA. And really, if you have 20 more shots in them, this is a win every other time. Just horrible shooting going on and not really figuring out a rhythm or whatever, the chemistry, whatever you want to call it, with this offense so that we see the same thing every time from this team, which is almost a almost a good thing because we can see how deep the bench is for UCLA, but um, not if everybody's missing shots. Then they take on Oregon State on Saturday. They win 94 to 55. 94. My goodness. They shot 58.6%. They went 13 of 20 from three, more than 50% from three. All of their starters scored in double digits. Tiger had 20 points. Jules Bernard had 16. Jaime Hawkins had 17. Cody Riley had 13. And Jalen Clark weaseling his way into the starting lineup. I shouldn't even say weaseling. Just like just effortlessly strutting his way in because he's been incredible to watch over the last couple games. Jalen freaking Clark, 10 points for him. Still no Johnny Juzang for the Bruins. Uh, still not in action. He was dealing with an injury that he sustained last week, which was, um, I believe, just a hip injury that was related to falling off of an electric scooter. So, yeah. That said, a great offensive bounce back for UCLA. It was funny because I tweeted, oh, yeah, they shot really well. That's more like it. And somebody, of course, had to be like, it was versus Oregon State. Big deal. Uh, lo and behold, Arizona fan, of course, which thank you for stopping by, David, which is exactly what I told him. Uh, thank you for pointing that out. Yes, it was versus Oregon State, which is one of the worst teams in the Pac-12. And yet, a team that took USC to two overtimes. Okay, this is not a knock on USC's performance. This is a clap for Oregon State's performance. Now, USC did end up winning 94 to 91 in double overtime. Uh, so they did finally get this done, but it was touch and go for a lot of this game. The Beaver shot 53.8% and went 9 of 18 from 3. Of course, the Trojans, keep in mind, huge asterisk here. They are still down Boogie Ellis. They were still down Boogie Ellis for this one. He just came back versus Oregon on Saturday, but versus Oregon State on Thursday, he was still out. Uh, so something to keep in mind. Obviously, he's a huge, huge factor of this USC team, and they played without him versus UCLA and beat UCLA. So uh, this USC team is legit, and for whatever reason, the matchup with Oregon State has been a nightmare for them this season, and they have narrowly escaped losses from them twice this season. So say what you will about this uh, one-win Oregon State team. This Oregon State team that hasn't won a game in 2022, that's a fun stat. Not for them, but, you know, for us. But, yeah. Or, poor Oregon State turns around, plays UCLA on Saturday. One of the worst games possible. 5 of 16 from 3. 12 turnovers. UCLA beat them on the boards. It was just rough all around. Um, not the team that we saw versus USC at all. But... The USC-Oregon State game was so much fun to watch. I'm sorry. Uh, Oregon State, like I said, 1-16 in the Pac-12. So I get it. But it was actually a perfect spot for the Bruins to kind of get their mojo back on offense. And I hope to see that continue. Uh, the other game, of course, USC at Oregon on Saturday. Final 70-69 to USC. They win by one point. Drew Peterson 
saves the day for USC with a game-winning three-pointer. There was 11 and a half seconds left, so, you know, not that dramatic, but nevertheless. He had 20 points. Isaiah Mobley had 17. Of course, uh, Boogie was back in the mix, which was nice for them, I'm sure. Uh, Oregon only shot 6 of 23 from three. So, again, just like... Who is this Oregon team? Not the team that played UCLA. Obviously, going to have a little bit more tired legs. Um, Oregon State, as an example, too. Obviously, they were tired. They played a double overtime game versus USC before they had to face UCLA. But that said, uh, Oregon, 6 of 23 from 3. I think that, honestly, some credit of that should go to USC's defense for sure. All of that to say, now with things shaken out, Oregon now sits alone in fourth place in the Pac-12, heading into the final week of the regular season. Looks like it could wrap up a first-round buy in the conference tournament. Uh, USC, meanwhile, 25-4 and overall. That's setting a record for the best start in school history, so credit to the Trojans there. Uh, they're now in sole possession of second place in the Pac-12. They're a game ahead of UCLA. Obviously, they beat UCLA at the Galen Center. Um, and to have a shot at winning the league, they'd have to win out and hope that Arizona loses, what, like three of their four games? So not likely. That said, second place looking pretty solid for them. And they do have to play UCLA on Saturday at UCLA. Very excited for that game. Uh, also, kind of a positive note here for the Trojans as well. Free throws, right? One of the worst teams, bottom 10 in the entire, what, Division One basketball seemed at one point. Huge, huge weakness for the Trojans. And yet... Over their last two games, they've hit 40 of 50. That is market improvement, and it should be taken note of. UCLA, meanwhile, now 12-5 and five in the conference. They're one game ahead of Oregon. The Ducks do hold the tiebreaker because they swept the series. But by beating Oregon State, UCLA did clinch a bye in the first round of the Pac-12 tournament. Um, so I can't believe we're already in March, guys. It's March on Tuesday. Tuesday is March 1st. Also, how bogus is it that is it that February is only 28 days? I actually had to look up, is it a leap year? Um, and it's not, by the way. So no, no 29 days. But 28, like the rest of the months get 30 or 31. And not only does February not get 29 days, it gets 28. And it occasionally gets 29. Anyways, I digress. Good news for the Trojans. Like I said, Mick Cronin has done a nice job of kind of dealing with their minutes during this six games and 12 days business. No starters average more than 29.2 minutes per game, and that was Jalen Clark, who has not been seeing minutes like that the whole season. So shout out to him for being able to put up with that. Next up, Monday, UCLA at Washington. UCLA, 10.5-point favorite, total sitting at 139.5. The last time that they played Washington was February 19th, not too long ago, in Poly Pavilion. UCLA won handily, 76-50. to This was kind of a yawn in-game, to be honest with you. I mean, it was fun to watch if you were a UCLA fan and a fan of winning. Uh, but all in all, this game was kind of a dumpster fire for Washington. Uh, UCLA was without two of its starters as well, Johnny Juzang and Cody Riley. Now, an argument could be made that Miles Johnson has been doing a lot. I'm going to say a lot. I'm not going to say more. But a lot in his position, uh, and that Cody Riley has not been doing as much. I like to keep it very vague. Uh, but Cody Riley is probably the better scorer here. That's definitely fair to say. And so it'd be nice to see him kind of put back in the mix. And we saw that versus Oregon State a little bit. Here's the breakdown. UCLA, 21-6 overall. They're 13-5 in Pac-12 play. Right now, Ken Palm has them ranked 10th still. Um, he's got the 15th in offensive adjusted efficiency and 10th in defensive adjusted efficiency. 
I think this UCLA defense is so fun to watch. And that's where the fight and the grit comes from for me is when they're down, they make it back on their defense before their offense, which also has been their downfall in some regards. We need that offense to be going. But right now, 50.7 effective field goal percentage for the Bruins. 35.5% from three. And Washington, 124th in Ken Palm. They are 9-8 and eight in Pac-12 play. I was shocked to see that, actually. Uh, but maybe that's just based on what I saw, you know, in L.A. That said, uh, they, do play better at, they do play better at home. So they've lost 7 out of 10 of their away games. Um, but 6 of their 9 conference wins were at home. Uh, they just hosted and beat Washington State, by the way, which that's obviously a rivalry game. But Washington State, a very solid defensive team in a lot of regards, and Washington beat them pretty easily. They also lead the Pac-12 in steals, which I would be more worried about if they weren't playing a UCLA team who's so good at taking care of the ball. Uh, really elite at it, actually. So they only had four steals versus the Bruins last time out, but still something to keep an eye on because this is something that the Huskies are actually very strong at. I do think this total seems a little high. Uh, last, time these, last time these two teams played, UCLA controlled the offensive boards, and they had, what, 21 to 11 advantage in second chance points. So that's pretty much going to get it done every single time. As long as the buckets go in. Asterisk. That's the whole thing with basketball. You just you have to score more points than the other team. It's like so uh, so pesky, so annoying. That said, the total, a little high, because as much as I'd love to say, I don't think UCLA shooting will be quite as impressive as it was versus Oregon State. That said, the Bruins did shoot well versus Washington last time. Uh, the total was 140 for that game. Again, this game sitting around 139.5. Could see it kind of drop from there because I expect some unders would be bet. The, it did go under the 140 last time. It was 126 points were scored. Um, that's 70 to 56. I do expect Washington to shoot better, to look better than they did last time. Um, and UCLA, obviously, at the end of this long, grueling stretch, is their second-to-last game uh, of the season in conference um, before the or regular season, really. So it's tough to say, but I do think that we'll be looking at a lower scoring, a tight matchup here. Washington maybe looks better. Ken Baum has UCLA winning 76-64. to 64. I think that that sounds just about right. I do think UCLA covers in that regard. Now, I am not one to bet double-digit spreads like usually ever because it's not fun for me. But I do think UCLA covers this here if you're looking for a side. Um, maybe Washington has a little vigor after that Washington State win. They're at home. I don't know. UCLA doesn't need to blow them out. They just need to win. That's the thing you have to keep in mind, too. Um, so... Maybe there's an in-game play to be made here. That's somewhere I would look instead of having to take a 10.5, even though I do think UCLA is more than capable and should cover that. Um, but yeah, something about totals, right? I'll be looking at it under. Tuesday, big game. Arizona at USC. Last time they played, February 5th. Arizona won 72-63. Uh, where are we now? USC's covered one of their last four. They are 14-4 and four in Pac-12 play. They narrowly escaped those Oregon teams. It's about that time. It's almost Pac-12 tournament time, and all the teams are eating each other. It's in insane. Uh, Arizona, meanwhile, 15-2 and two in the Pac-12, and I'm including them in the dog-on-dog -dog crime because they just lost to Colorado, or at Colorado. So uh, 
when you have an Arizona team as good as it is, and yet they even can't escape the situations that we're seeing towards the end of the season here, all the teams beat up in the last stretches of these games. Uh, and they didn't just barely lose, by the way, at Colorado. They lost, what, by 16? 16. Like, they got outscored 47-26 to 26 in the second half. Just complete drop-off. They shot 39.2%, 27.8 from three. I mean, they were able to get boards, but 16 turnovers, and of course, Colorado getting nine steals themselves. Anybody susceptible? Gonzaga just lost. Arizona just lost. It's been a mess. Uh, it's the end of the season, and this is how things are looking. For what it's worth, Ken Palm has UCL or has uh, Arizona winning this one, obviously. Uh, but I don't know. I think we're in for a really tight... Uh... I, here's what I'll say. I don't want to be the team that has to face Arizona after their loss, after their second loss of the season against Colorado. This is the last spot I want to be in if I'm USC. Ken Palm, again, that number, 77 to 73 is what they're predicting. Uh, win for Arizona. I don't know what this line's going to be yet because, again, this game is Tuesday night, but I don't want to be USC in this spot. And also, Arizona only has Stanford and Cal to face after USC, so they can, I mean, not, you know, you don't want to just blow through those games, but they can kind of blow through those games. So this is the last real opponent they have to worry about. USC has to play UCLA on Saturday, right? Um, and has to face this Arizona team that's going to be like a bull ready to see some red. And unfortunately, USC wears red, or at least some kind of shade close to that. I'm not really sure what it is. Uh, sorry, guys. I have to get out of here because I'm starting to make slights about USC. But I'm very excited. This is going to be a really big game. And frankly, if USC can upset Arizona, I think that just makes the Pac-12 even more interesting and more fun. So we'll see. Uh, but thank you so much for listening to the Los Angeles CityCast. As always, I hope you learned something. I hope you had some fun. Um, again, if you have requests, then tweet at me, at Danielle Avari. Remember, new shows three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I'll be back for more fun and games on Wednesday. And we will have some results from these games. So come on back to the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN.